hello, and welcome to another episode of Scavenger Life. This is episode number 487 at scavengerlife.com. So this week we got a visit from John, a.k.a. Spinach Eater. I think that's his uh, yeah. his, his username. We interviewed him. He's the, the, the postcard guy. I interviewed him a while ago, and he sells postcards. He has thousands of postcards. Yeah, he happens to kind of live in our region and... We, we talked, and he stopped by to check out our coffee business. Uh, yeah. Um, he is a guy who has a much different business model than we do. He you know, had a job, right. a full-time job, and then he had his eBay business, and he sells postcards. Yeah. And you know, I think his average is 10 or 15 bucks. Right. Um, some of them sell for cheaper. Some of them sell for a lot more. So but, he specializes. Right. I mean, he is like postcards. Right. He specializes and he's more low dollar, but volume. Yeah. You know, he has, I forgot how many, 12,000, 15,000 items in his store. Yeah. Tens know? of thousands. And he says he wants to get it up to like 20,000. Yeah. He actually said that eBay's during this pandemic when eBay did that thing where you can put up a lot more uh, oh, free yeah. uh, listings. In certain categories, right. I guess his is collectibles. I, 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 I think don't know it is in collectibles. what uh, category, but he says that he now saves like fifteen hundred dollars a month oh, in a listing fee. That's amazing because he can do it for free. Yep. But what's interesting about John is that it's all about the work. You know, it's yep. you know he had a full time job with the family. But he would do it, I guess, on his off time. Right. And he built like an amazing business. And he actually retired. I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. Uh, he, he, because he's told us about it, he uh, he retired from his job. Yeah. And now he just does eBay full time and he's got this business, you know. So great. Yeah. So, Ryan, it's about the work. It's, yes. And exactly. this has something to do with us. No, really? Yeah. So this week... We started to actually put in hours in uh, our new partner's coffee shop. You know, yep. they already have a coffee shop in the town, right? It's next to us. Yeah. And um, we started to put in time to train, you know. Yeah, we're like, training. We're what, like new employees. <laughs> what kind of wacky people? It's like we're like investing in this business and we haven't ever worked in a specifically a coffee shop. <laughs> like I need to learn to... Do a good espresso shot. And you were having kind of like a tough morning one day because you said, you're like, oh no, I'm realizing like, this is, we have to like work in this coffee shop. Like we, right? Or what was the thing you were talking about? No? I mean, I think, I think it's not that I didn't realize that. It's that, <laughs> it's that I understand the importance of us working there. Right. It's not that I'm like, oh, what? I have to do this? No, it's more like, I understand how important it is that we work there um, so we, number one, understand the business and number two, understand how it should be run. Um, and to be the face of the business in our town, you know, you want that for a place like where we live. You don't want it to just be employees from the beginning. It's like you have to help. And so not being worried. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not worried about it. It's more like this is a lot of time. That's going to take up a lot of time. Right. Uh, and we have other things that we do, like eBay and Airbnb. And so I'm like, how do you do all that? Right. You know? All jokes aside, I totally get it. I'm just bringing it up in the sense of, you know, 
I think like with anything, we have these ideas, you know, we're like, we have, we, we own our time, you know, we can do anything we, we want, right? So we have an idea and you start working on the idea and then you're like, oh, this is going to take time, you know? Yeah. Like if I don't put time into this idea, it's not going to work. And that's kind of like where we're at with this coffee shop. Not that we haven't put time into it. We yeah. put a lot of time into it, but it's just, it's, this is a different part of the business. And that's actually like, you know, uh, uh, you know, putting in the daily, a work of serving coffee, you know? Yeah. And, and, and understanding that part of the business. But, but it's also the thing that should be, and I think it is exciting to us. And that it's yeah. important, you yeah, know, exactly. With anything, because if we don't put the time into it, then it's like, what's the point of? Yeah, I mean, that was it, that was know? like the whole point of right. us partnering is that we partner with people who already are successful at doing this and know how to do it, and can teach us how to do it and bring that same quality to mm. our town as well. And we have to be a part of that, you know. Yeah, like that, it, it can't just be like, well, we're the owners, so. We don't have to do anything like that's not that's not how it is at all. I mean, with any of our businesses. And, and I mean, I'm sure other people can re- relate to this. Like when you have an idea like, oh, this thing sounds like it's, it'd be cool to a do. And yeah, then right, exactly. when you actually do it, you're like, oh, I actually hate this. Like, yeah, the idea is not. Well, I think most people not. do that with most of their ideas. Right. Like, like I think that's more normal than what we're doing. The good, <laughs> Unfortunately, the good news is, is like when I put in, uh, it's my shift, and I was training yeah. and learning how to uh, use the espresso m- m- machine and, yeah. and work register. This cafe. And, yeah. It was cool. Yeah, and exactly. I enjoyed it, and I realized how much work there is to it. Yes, and I appreciate what our partners are doing. You yeah, know? and it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I actually had a great time. It's exhausting, um, especially when you're training and you're like, oh, there's so much to remember and so much to know and so much to understand, especially with espresso. Yeah. Um, but I had a great time. I, I had a blast. So I'm looking forward to working there this week. Also. Right. So I guess just I guess that's all I was trying to say with in meeting John and hearing about all the work he does yeah. in his business and then in what we're doing like it once you own your time and you choose what to do at your time then it's like you got to make sure you enjoy the choices right you make you know exactly so like yeah. you said it's all about the work. Um, and you know, like with eBay and with Airbnb, you, I see, you know, us understanding things and then you sort of get, you hire someone to help you do a lot of it. Yes. Um, and that's true with a cafe. I mean, with a cafe, you have to have employees unless it's small enough that you and I just work there all the time. Like you know? when we started our, our rentals. Yes. We cleaned the houses for a year and a half. So 18 months. Every we single time. Doing the beds, cleaning the toilets. We would do it because we were so nervous yeah. about making sure it was done right. We also didn't have the money to pay other people. Yeah. Um, but then once we understood how to do it, how we wanted it, we had a process down. Then we could hire someone to do exactly what we wanted. Right. And uh, yeah, and so it's great, you know. Yeah, and that allows you to expand. Right. Now we have three Airbnbs right. so that we can 
I mean, if we had to clean every single one, and we do clean sometimes. Right. There are times where our cleaner is out of town or unavailable or right. whatever, and we're like, fine, we'll clean. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, not going to clean my houses, yeah. but it's, it's, um, it allows you to expand and do other things, just like we're saying. So, but you know, we've seen people start businesses, and we laugh about this, where. Yeah. It's a cute idea. Yes. They put a lot of money into it. Yes. Uh, it might look good, but then they don't want to actually put it in the day-to-day work. Or they didn't realize that they had to right. or that they had to pay someone else to do it. I mean – Or, I mean, my point is real yeah. quick is that they'll hire people just to start doing it. Okay. And then the people who are doing yes. it are the ones that create the atmosphere. They're the right. ones that create the process if you don't tell them otherwise. Right. Like you just can't pay someone – to run your business without any direction, without any guidance, without a process, exactly. you know, without setting the tone of the atmosphere. And we've seen like businesses around us fail because, right. you know, it's just kind of... Your employees are running your business. It's kind of a vapid, it yeah. feels like you're walking into a place where everyone's just getting paid $10 or under an hour right. and nobody really cares and it yes. feels boring. Yep. And that's what we don't want to happen. That's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. That is exactly what we're trying to right. avoid. Um, is to, And so to me, when you describe that, which we've seen many, many, many times in different places, not just where we live, um, you know, to me, that's not a sustainable business because they didn't, they didn't build, they didn't build a business. They just like made a space and thought it would be cool. <laughs> right. And then they like just dropped the ball from there. Right. That's it. That and I don't want to do that. That should be the title of this podcast, of this episode, From Cute to Cool. How's that? <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> no one's going to listen to this episode if it's called that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about eBay. So, uh, Amatino was saying that um, there's this thing now where I think you can tell eBay to not keep telling you to fix the, item specifics. Yeah. Have did you check that out? So I saw that forum post, and then I like open that. So what I do is like I'll see a forum post and I'll open a tab and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to read this later, um, and. Then I started getting really annoyed at the item specifics and I have yet to go. I need to go read her post of how she told you to turn it off because it's so annoying. Although I'm like, are like they're telling you these item specifics are required soon. So you kind of have to do it, right? right? So if you turn it off, is that a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know if it's like some of them... You have to, and then if you don't, and then some of them, they're just suggesting. But she's just saying that you can now go to your Stellar Hub, and you can click the column and check the ones, and then say, do not remind me again. Mm, Maybe I'll... I'll, Oh, okay. So maybe I can check the ones that are just like suggestions instead of the required soon, which I should obviously... I, I... started doing that, and it got so overwhelming because I had 900 listings that needed... There's like four different ways to do it, and I haven't had time, and I'm just kind of like, really, eBay? This is during Christmas. Come on. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. It seems like it's a common theme. Yeah. Although I, I feel like there's always kind of changes, but yeah, yeah, they should have like a blackout during like the Yeah, holidays, like don't so. make us do anything yeah. fourth quarter, right. please. Okay, something when we talk to John who sells postcards and ephemera, uh, there's a new eBay is launching a new like 75 cent shipping option. 
Yeah, so the funny thing is, this was on Reddit, and it was also on e-commerce bites. I think that's where it was linked to. eBay, so this is the deal. eBay accidentally published a page that had oh. this information on oh, it. Wow. Okay. Um, so I actually went into um, Google Cache and took a screenshot of it uh, to be like, what is this thing? So I guess what they're going to do, I don't know when this is going to happen. They obviously made a mistake by publishing that page. And everyone was like, oh, this is so cool. It's so for postcard sellers and for like trading card sellers, it sucks to have someone pay $250 to $3 for a package that has tracking. And in order to be a top rated seller, you have to have tracking. Um, so this would be an alternative to that where it's like a flat envelope where you could send postcards or which is cool, actually, because I send some flat stuff to. Um, so is it through, 75 cents so through is eBay? It, okay. It's an eBay label that would have tracking. Huh, I don't okay. know how that works. I wonder if it's like that service that people found where it's yeah, like... It's like a letter tracker. It's not a real, a USPS service. I don't service. understand how it works. Somehow this company has like hacked the post office to like kind of hack... To scan like, the barcodes that right. are printed on letters. I don't it's know like, how they get that information. It's like they put these barcodes on there that... I don't know if trick is the right word. No, it's not trick. You know what it is? It's mm -hmm. it's a com I believe it's a commercial bulk rate service. Okay. And you're paying the company to use their service. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you when like somebody whoever like a Toyota or right. you know whoever they send out this huge bulk mailing, I think they can track it through mm -hmm. those barcodes. They must be able to. Okay. So you're buying that company. And the post office is to, cool with that. That, I, that like uh, if they weren't cool with it, how would we be able to uh, see it? Like know. like. You can't hack the post office. Like, it's not possible. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, I think that's the alternative. I don't know when they're launching it. I think it's really cool that they would do that, like, yeah. finally. So, it's not an official program. It's, like, some hidden page that someone found that may or may not happen. I think yeah. it will happen because someone, uh, some product manager commented on e-commerce bites, like, this is coming soon. Sorry for the mistake. We mm. didn't mean to publish this yet. So mm. I don't know if it's going to um, be announced in the um, the winter update or whatever, cool. the seller update. Who knows? But yeah. I think it's great. Cool. Anything to help sellers with cheaper postage yep. is like super helpful. Now this, I don't know. I just read this on the forum where a Luke Treasures, I think is his uh, username. He said that eBay is no longer telling you inactive if your item is over 16 months. Yeah, so that was something that was helpful to people because you would want to end and relist or like eBay suggests, revise it. Maybe you had old titles or you had to go in and, like we said, add item specifics. But I guess they're not showing that on the, on the active anymore. It was like a flag. It was like a note underneath. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. So I don't know why that's happening. Yeah, we need to check that. But yeah, so, you know, for a long time, eBay didn't do that. Right. So we, you know, are a system. We put <laughs> things up. Forget it forever. And we literally forget it. Yeah. And we just keep it up for until it sells. And sometimes it takes a long time and that's fine. Yeah. It's our way. It's our business. We're the boss of ourselves. <laughs> right. Uh, but then eBay, I don't know, a couple of, of years ago started to yeah, they would put a tag on your active. So we would stay active. People yeah. would still buy it, 
but the note would say, this item hasn't seen any sales in at least 16 months. Please consider updating it. Right. That's all. So it could still be up there, but a lot of us use that as a reason to like re-list it, change something possibly. Right. It it made me look at titles where I would look at old titles like, uh, I would write this differently now, so I'm going to. Right. And we don't know if eBay, once they put that up, if they start hiding your item. I mean, I don't know anything about that, but it was just a way to at least know. So what's weird is why did they take that away? Like if they took it away. I'm I'm not quite sure if that's true because yeah. I do see a one on our item. Oh really? I don't know if that's an old one or whatever. Hmm. So Okay, let's talk about our numbers this week. It was actually a much better week. Uh we made one thousand seven hundred and five dollars and fifty four cents. Not including shipping. That's much better. Yep. Um so, you know, the two weeks ago it, we made like eight hundred and seventy dollars. Last week we made like twelve hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, eight hundred dollars. Yeah, like... I mean, and I really feel like I feel like because no one likes uncertainty, the election happened, and yeah. now I think people like and we've had some really great sales days the past couple of days. So yeah, I hope it stays like that. Yeah, um, you know, we sold like we've been selling clothes. Yes, which I know, is it's nice. so funny. Yeah, uh, we've been selling shoes, which is nice. Yeah, uh, we have just been selling a lot of wacky things, and it goes back to, you know, we list things and forget them. We're selling things where I'm like, I didn't even know we had this. I know there are certain things I'm like, what is that? The good news is we've been selling things for a lot of money, mm-hmm. like you know, a more than thirty dollars, like. So there was some stuff that sold last Sunday that we couldn't talk about because it wasn't part of last week's numbers. (laughs) Or whatever, where we were like, there's a cutoff. So what were those things? I'm asking you to look at those. Sure, yeah. Uh, We had a woman in, I guess, South Korea, like buy all of these plates and like teacups and stuff. Yeah. Like randomly. Just like random pattern, like old Fire King... Uh, coffee mugs and like really high-end Wedgwood plates. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we sold a pair of candlesticks for $300. That is... Pewter candlesticks. Yeah, this really high-end brand who clearly I've never heard of. But um, what's funny is there were two sets. There was like a 10-inch pair and an 8-inch pair. The week before, I think it was the week before, I sold the 8-inch pair for $200. And or $100? The- $200? And the, a brand is Arte Italica. Yeah, and they're pewter. They're really cool looking. I just didn't realize they were worth that much. So this is why I think our partnership works well. Because I like to go and buy these tables. Yeah. And I feel like I'm pretty decent at finding some good quality stuff. Yeah. But I didn't know that these were on there. there yeah, they're just kind of hidden. You're good at going and then researching things and finding... Like the and that's always fun for me because I'm like I know this is good because there's some things here I know will sell well right but I know oh, you're gonna find some other special things in there and it's gonna be exciting. Well, the thing I find hilarious about stuff like this is <laughs> they could literally have been from Marshalls. Like I've seen stuff like that, you know, where you're like, this is just from like a discount retail store from Marshalls or. It's totally high end and it's Williams Sonoma and it's like people are paying $300 for a used pair. And it's just, you never know. Like yeah. stuff just surprises you. It's just, you know, we, 
in this world, you know, like everyone, you know, we have a certain style that we like and we have to remember other people of other styles. Right. That we wouldn't automatically know about. Yeah. I wouldn't pay $200, $300. But you know what? Someone Someone did. I guess in, I can't imagine it. I'm like, oh yeah, those would look good in a certain like way, you know? And Um, you know, some people just have a lot of money. So a week ago we sold some, uh, old curtains, some like, you know, Someone had measured them, and yeah. for a certain a window, we sold them for a hundred dollars. Right, and we we're like, that's weird. Like, they would have to fit exactly for it yeah. to be. And then we had actually had another pair. That same person came back and bought the other pair, right, for a hundred dollars. So I guess for more, she, I think. she got no. This oh, they both. So she got the curtains and liked them so much she, she bought the other pair. I actually don't think that's why because one of them it was her username and it got sent to one place in uh-huh. the country and then the other one was her username and it got sent to a totally different address huh. so I'm thinking she bought some and then she was like she told her daughter or something oh these are so great mm. like they're the the or she moved I don't mm. know it was totally I have no idea I was like this is so weird but we did get a message on the forum saying that people use that, that fabric to make other things like yep. vintage, obviously like vintage fabric. You can use curtains or sheets or whatever to make anything because it's just like a big piece of fabric. Right. So we learned someone said who's into uh, like they do a lot of a uh, fabric and like repurposing and stuff. I guess it's toil. T-O-I-L-E. I don't know how you say it. Twal? Is that how you say it? And I guess she says that, yeah, people buy this kind of fabric and they make, yeah. Uh, Handbags pillows and, or pillows. Right. right. So I'm pretty sure that's what this person is doing and she might be sharing it with a friend of hers or something. But right. I'm just glad I sold both of those because I had like four of them and they were taking up so much room in my storage. I will say that we took a lot of what I would consider low dollar in the sense of like if you had this like antique across stitch. Like yeah. From the 1800s. From the eight, it was like Swedish from the 1800s. But you added up for like, you know, $300 or something. And then we took an offer of $100. $100. So if you can see it two ways, you're like... $300, but when we took 100 that's crazy. But then I'm like, but we made $100 on something we probably paid a dollar for. Yeah. So it's uh, it's fine. It's just, it, it's it's a funny math. It's also one of those things where if you didn't put it up at 300 you probably would get an even lower offer. You right. know, if I just put it up at 100 I'd probably get like a $20 offer. Right. Um, and also, again, taking up room in my storage love to move it for a hundred dollars our business is built ryan on your on your uh, ambition of prices it certainly is which bites <laughs> me in the butt sometimes i know and it's always good people are like this is insane why are you asking this much that's fine uh on the forum someone came on new and was like i specialize in like these figurines like yes. horses um, yep. Like there's a whole thing where people, I didn't know this. Yeah. They collect horses. Like Beswick. It's yeah. like an English brand. And she named three kinds of brands. Oh, right. One of them. And I was Beswick. like, huh. So I looked in our store. We have some of those. And we had, well, 
we didn't have any of those brands, but we had some of the horse figurines. Right. And we posted them, and then she gave us some feedback on them. So they right. weren't the really expensive ones. Well, they were like knockoffs, basically. Like Japanese, vintage Japanese knockoffs. And then she gave us some uh, keywords to put in there. Yeah. And we sold one, one for of them. $50. Yeah, so I had it up for like 125 but I put the keywords like trotting stallion. Like I didn't put the brand, but it's like... This is the type of horse someone's looking for. And I got a $50 offer and I was like, yay, I had no idea what to call it before. We even sold this in like a year and a half. Yeah. So let's go for it. So yeah. It's good. Um, okay. Um, scavenge of the week. Did we do, do any scavenge? I don't think so. We were working in a coffee shop. We were, yeah, we were pretty busy. Um, I did go through a bunch of boxes of auction stuff. That's kind of like scavenging. Um, yes. I had my helper do a bunch of stuff, but there was these boxes of uh, vintage Christmas ornaments, which are mm. super delicate, like hand-blown glass. Like this, <laughs> I, I'm afraid to pick them up because I'm like, I'm going to break them. So I took, there was like 25, 25, 25 of them that I took photos of and listed. I'm like, I have three left to list because that stuff's got to get up now. If you want to sell Christmas ornaments and they are not listed, I was you better so list them right now. <laughs> happy to see that you do that. I like, just was like, take the initiative. I just took those photos and got them in my drafts, and I was like, I'm not even going to schedule these. I'm just going to list them live. Can so, I tell you a secret? Sure. I don't know if it's a good secret. Okay. So I saw those that you were putting up, and one is yeah, it's like glass and it's like hand painted. To me, it looks like garbage. Yeah, it's really ugly. I'm like, this is... I think it's really ugly. But it's like, buy a certain designer, and you have it up for like $300. Yeah. When I was packing that table... Oh, God, did you break one of those? Was it one of those ones? One of those. Was it that one? It was already kind of broken. Okay. But... I, you know, it was probably because the auction people were yeah, like piling stuff on the around. table. They're so delicate. They're and so delicate. So I did not break it, but I was like, ah, oh, just throw it away. And I almost saw oh, the Jesus. one that you put up. I was like, it's just, it's going to break anyway. I should miles. Well oh it's just God. like, this is some. Like, I literally have it up for $300, this one. Some like kid painted this in, you know, in sixth grade. It does look like that. <laughs> There's but, some, that, that brand to me is very. You ugly. have taught me. To pack everything, never leave anything behind. Even even never no, leave broken stuff. You should have just brought it with you. No man left behind. I, I have learned my lesson so many times where I'm like, I almost left that because I thought it was nothing. And then you find the mark and you're like, like that, oh, oh, this is Tiffany. Like, like that what? Big Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Yeah. I almost left it. Almost left the Santa Claus because it was so big and it was, in a my Santa opinion, Claus so ugly. In a canoe. In a canoe. Yeah. I sold it for a thousand dollars. What Never are you talking leave about? Things behind. So, so I'm sorry, one broke. But. Um, customer issues. So we actually um, had we we've been talking about chargebacks. Yeah. I don't know if it's a new thing, but you know, with the managed payments, so we got a chargeback on an item. Yeah. And we actually several just, months ago. And then you know, eBay does this thing where like. You can dispute it. They can dispute it. Everyone's yeah. disputing. There's like this whole dispute process. And I guess we're finally, I don't know, is this the end one? Well, they said it went in the buyer's favor. So eBay says we decided in their favor we're going to give them their all their money back plus a $20 I, dispute fee. I am going to call after this <laughs> podcast is recorded. Right. 
And before I edit and post the podcast, I'm going to call anchor support and be like, I need seller. This is, should be seller right. protection. Right. Period. End of story. Because to me, I'm curious, like, did eBay decide that or did because they, the buyer disputed with their credit card company? No, the cr- so it's weird because you're like, so the credit card decided that I owe her money because she didn't like the item? Right. That's crazy. That makes no sense. To, I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird yeah. to me. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to call. Uh, I will tell people on the forum what happened. You will melt the phone lines. <laughs> melt the phone lines. Yeah. Okay. Uh, things we learned in the forum. So I talked about some stuff, but... Someone came on, and that's a good question. I think anytime you start to sell on eBay and you start seeing all this stuff at thrift stores, and then you start branching out to yard sales and estate sales, you're like, there's a lot of stuff, and people do clean outs. Yeah. So you can either put ads in the paper and like clean out people's houses, so somebody dies. You can go and buy a unit at a storage locker. Yeah. Or at estate sales. Right. After the estate sale is done, oftentimes I've heard people say that they can make deals with the people and just, and just bulk. Like, you know, take it and all. so some guy had asked, like, I'm going to this estate sale after it's done. Mm. And they've said I could put in an offer to, like, take out the whole thing. Oh, wow. Clean out. Like, how much should I pay? Right. I think a lot of us were saying, like, "Mm, you should double check to see if that's a good idea. Because... Double check, like, what? Look at the inventory? I mean, look, it sounds exciting. Look, we... Sure, sure. I I especially had been into this idea, I don't know, five years ago. I was like, what if we did clean-outs, you know? Go and, like, clean people's houses out. Like, how exciting (laughs) would that be? But then (laughs) we really started thinking about it. And it's just, number one, you have to have a lot of infrastructure. So you have to be able to take a lot of stuff. Yeah. And if you're renting a storage place, and that's a money being burned, I feel like people are not... Giving away treasures. Right. Like, and I've asked other people that do this and they admit, you know, 80% of it is garbage. Like, stuff. Literal, like, we're throwing it in the garbage. Stuff you actually have to take to the dump. So you're actually paying somebody to throw their stuff away. Right. Hoping that there's, like, a treasure in in there. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess. My answer is like always like, we'll try it out, you know, right? Exactly. See if it's worth it. I mean, but if you don't find those treasures, you could just be spending money to do a lot of work for stuff that you could probably just get at the thrift store. For well, and cherry pick, yeah. like you can cherry pick that stuff. Like right. when you're doing a whole house clean out or a whole bulk, you know, I'm buying the rest of this estate. You just don't know. But but I think part of it is, like you said, try it. Because you're going to learn really quick. Right. You know? And the people, like, when we when I would go to in-person auctions, those haven't happened in a while in our part of the area, um, I would see the people who would buy, like, all the junk. You know, when we would get down to it and there's, like, piles of stuff that nobody wants and the guy sells it for a dollar. The people that buy those often have thrift stores yeah Mm -hmm. so i feel like if you don't have that kind of outlet yeah to just like take all this junk and put it there and try and uh, sell it to the public in bulk 
then it's probably not a good idea either there. Yeah, it's the, that's a tough sell. In our area, there was a thrift store. I'm sure everyone has seen a place like yes, this. Yes, yes. So there was a husband. He uh, ran the thrift store. Right. And the wife was the buyer oh, with that's a true. buying addiction, I think. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> and she had horrible taste. Yeah, she, and she would just buy and buy and buy and Over buy and time, buy. and I, I mean, this is not like a joke. You would walk in there, and there would be like a little path yeah. around the thrift store, and it was like a hoarder's den. It got worse and worse. Where there was so much stuff, you couldn't even get to the stuff to uh, look at. And yeah. I would walk through the place. Like, I'm an open-minded guy, right? Yeah, you're like, like, I'll, like, I'll dig through trash. I'm like, I like digging. I would like dig, and there was just still nothing. nothing. <laughs> broken was, broken yeah, furniture. It was just, just gross clothes and just, you know... Pottery and like dishes that are well, just, just like stuff that was broken or like nonstick pans that should be right. thrown away. Just You're like, what? Worth it. And it's just so someone's like buying stuff for really cheap, but it's not worth anything. Yeah. You know? exactly. So I think people like us, the better thing is just to cherry pick. I'm know? like, yeah, I'm like, all about that. Like, I mean, I'm into like going. I would be into going to an estate sale after it's done and being like, let me buy by the bag and yeah, cherry me... picking stuff I want. Right, exactly. But I don't want to. They take... don't want that either. They want you to just take it I don't it want all. your trash. Yeah, you know? exactly. So mm, that's our advice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your trash. Some of your trash. Okay, so let's go to the comments or questions that were sent in. Okay, you can call our voicemail line. The phone number is 540-407-8486. Or you can email us an audio file. Our email is thescavengerlife at gmail.com. Hey, Jay and Ryan. Just listened to your latest program and, as always, had lots of good information in it. This is Didymus. I talked to you a couple months back and told you about Sanborn Maps, uh, where you can actually see what was located in your city, uh, what kind of building was there in times past. Well, I've discovered a hack that's useful for resellers. Now as a reseller on eBay we know that we like to research to be able to find information about what we have and to try to get the best price and one of the ways we do that is by going to eBay solds and seeing what it had sold for previously. Unfortunately eBay has changed things and if what sold uh, sold through a best offer that price doesn't show up it'll only show you the asking price. FlipperTools.com has a utility where you can actually import the URL and it would tell you what the selling price was but that service is no longer available. Well I discovered a way to find out the actual selling price and it's really simple. Go to Terapeak. Uh, for example I have an item that I was wanting to see the price of and the first three words are dogs hunting companions. I input that information into the search box, uh, hit research, and it shows me that that item, which they were asking, I think, $39.99 for, actually sold for $24.35. So, it's just another tool that we can use to help discover uh, the prices and help us to get the most for what we're listing. Uh, Again, enjoy your program and have a great day. Bye-bye. Yeah, so basically uh, he's saying to look up solds for, for best offer through Terapeak, which is 
bought by eBay. It's in the research tab on your seller hub. That's a great, that's great advice. So they are actually showing you that, but just for basically certain sellers only. Yeah. I don't right? know why eBay did that. You know, eBay over a period of time has like kind of hidden information. Like back when we started to sell in 2008, you could actually see what people were buying which was really interesting, and they've kind of taken that away. I mean, I think about it now. I'm like, yeah, that is really kind of personal information. Yeah, like showing like, what you're buying. like people could see exactly what I bought and, and what how I paid much it for. Was. So they took that away, right? And then yeah, they've taken away. So we accept an offer on an item. If someone clicks on that sold item, it shows them the full price. Yeah, the price we were asking, not the offer price we took. And I think, I don't know if it's still true, they would put an, you know, like a mark through it and then they would say best offer accepted. Right. But they wouldn't show you what you actually And there were a couple hacks, like you could, there was flipper tools had something and there were other ways to look at it. Um, But I think they just took all those away. But it's cool that they're like, yeah, just look on Terapeak. Like there it is. So, which is helpful when you're trying to set a price. You're like, oh, I want $500. People were asking $500 for this, but yeah. were they getting that? No. And I do appreciate this guy's comment. He had told us before about this thing called Sanborn Maps. And mm-hmm. it was like an old company and they did insurance. And so they actually had all these maps of like, you know, buildings and small towns throughout the country. And what was in the building over at the time, time because they were doing it for their insurance purposes, but it helps historians or people as like us. So we looked at our building. It gave us some information. It wasn't wasn't all that helpful, but it gave us a little bit more info. What's interesting is our brick building in our downtown where the coffee shop is going to go is on a creek. Yes. And we built a, a deck, and we were standing on the deck, and if you look in the creek, which is clear, you know, as you can see right into it. Yeah. And you could see that there was actually like another part of our building. Back there. Back there. So I think the creek has grown. Right. Because in the creek, you can see where the concrete was, where there was like a foundation yeah. for another building. And I wish used, I would know that. There used to be a building next to our building. Um, there was like a little wooden building there. And I think it, that shows on the map too. So... You know, stuff like that is fascinating because you'll see how things are built and you're like, why did they build it like this? Why aren't there windows on this side? Oh, there was a building here. They couldn't have, of course they couldn't have windows, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, but I guess in the future, our great, great grandchildren, well, not ours, but (laughs) someone else, uh, (laughs) you know, I guess they'll have things like Google Maps, like Google Maps is the thing where people will actually be able to have like pictures of what buildings look like. They'll have... um, street view and they can like mm-hmm. see what things mm-hmm. look like i wish i could have that now where i could see what our building was like like see it from the street and see yep. it from different angles well that's why speaking of postcards that's why a few years ago actually we started collecting postcards from our town where there were photos of buildings on main street in mm. like the 30s or the early 1900s because it's just fascinating to be like oh Oh, that building was there back then or oh it was a you know wooden victorian home that burned down and then they built the you know post office or yeah. whatever you know hey jane ryan this is brian from uh, illinois i have a tale of woe to share with you i uh, recently sold a new apple watch on ebay for 529 dollars and 99 cents i think i had free shipping on it anyway the buyer received the item and they said they wanted to return it i think they said i nad 
but I don't remember for sure. Anyway, they opened a return, and there was uh, tracking on there, and I would check the tracking every few days, and I noticed they didn't mail it back right away, so I assumed they just wanted to keep it. They decided uh, not to return it. And then some more time went by, and then I got a message from eBay telling me that the buyer had returned the item and that they were going to charge me $529.99 on my next billing cycle to refund that person. So I opened a case, and at least with the basic store, that's what I have. Uh, you can't you call in anymore. Maybe you can with other bigger stores. I don't know. But they reviewed my case. They reviewed it, and uh, they closed it, and uh, they didn't change their opinion or anything. They just, they just closed it. And so I appealed the case, and, and I was looking around the site, and if you go to ebay.com slash seller help, they have ways to get help. Somewhere in there, I found a customer support email, and so I, re- I emailed them, and they responded very quickly, but they stated that they checked the tracking now, and it shows the item was shipped uh, USPS to my house. You know, they say I owe them $529.99. I never received the item. I guess my last attempt is I'm going to take, print off the tracking and take it to the post office and ask them what happened. But they're, I, I'm sure they're going to say, well, it says it was delivered to your house. So, so I don't know what happened. If somebody is able to hack the return I, somehow or I live in a small rural community, a town, and I work from home now due to the pandemic. And I, I look at the front window of our house. So I kind of doubt somebody stole it off our porch, but I don't know what else would have happened to it. Anyway, I'm out $529.99 plus shipping. Thanks. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so weird about the tracking. Yeah, you should definitely bring that tracking to your post office and talk to your carrier. I mean, that's just odd. I, I don't know why it would say yeah. delivered. And same with us. We're in a rural community. We're home a lot of the time. And I see my post office person come to the front of my house almost every single day. And people I'm don't home. really steal. I mean, people don't steal things off people's porches around here. I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know. Those are every so often there's like an edge, edge, edge case where you're just like, I don't know, like the uh, system just didn't work here. And yeah. it just might be a worth it to just pay the uh, money and just be done with it. You know? Well, I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, yeah. I guess the question, yeah, that's tough because if you had insurance on it too, well, how you have insurance on the return item, I'm not sure. So yeah, bring it to your post office, call us back and tell us what happened because I'm curious as to what they'll say. Hi, fellow scavengers. Uh, this is Tracy. I'm calling from California wanted to share some information I discovered today while trying to ship out to an APO address that you are unable to purchase a label via eBay managed payments to ship to a military base. I called eBay. They, of course, were unhelpful and directed me to log into PayPal to purchase a shipping label or go to the post office, all of which were not very convenient in wanting to print a label from eBay. I did search on pirate ship, and it indicated that the country I'm trying to send it to, regardless if it's a military base, was not accepting packages because of COVID. I just wanted to share this information with those out there in the selling world that this is an issue that eBay apparently is looking into but does not have any answers to. Stay safe, and thanks so much, Dan Ryan, for your weekly podcast. Bye-bye. Oh, huh, thanks. Do uh, we sell a lot of things to APOs? No. 
which is a military base. Yeah, I haven't in a long time, actually, and maybe this is why. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, you'd think that they wouldn't be able to purchase it. That, that, that's yeah. like eBay's thing. Like, there's sometimes where like eBay won't ship to certain countries, and yet someone's able to purchase it, and right. you can't print a label, and right. you're like, well, what <laughs> well, do I do here? It's like we say, eBay is like a kind of a big clunky site where you know one part works. But they're not communicating with the other part. So, yeah, I can buy it here. That's no problem. Right. But then the a shipping part of the site doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, there are and, – and because of COVID, there are countries where, like, we can't ship to as well, right? Because, like, didn't yeah. you have a person – a message us from, like, Argentina or something? It or, was – I yeah. forget what country it was the other day. And I was like uh, – you know, I have global shipping – turned on and I'm like, they're just not shipping to you. Like, I don't know what to say. Unless yeah. you have um, like a third party shipping courier, yeah. then that's that's the only way I could do it. I'm surprised that like shipping to APOs would even be a problem because I just, you know, in the uh, United States, a military base is just kind of seen like an extension of the yeah. country. And, you know, they have military planes that are flying there, you'd think they would just throw it on there. Well, it just depends on what country. I mean, yeah. there are probably APOs in certain mm. parts of the world that are fine with it. but yeah. uh, uh, Or, sorry, it, there's like APO. Uh, there's different versions of it. Mm. Uh, AE, something like that. So I think it just depends on where it is. Yeah. But that stinks that you would have to lose a single. And just so everybody knows, I just Googled this. APO means... Army Post Office. Oh, very cool. There you go. Hey, fellow scavengers. I was listening to the uh, eBay for Business podcast this week, and uh, they were talking about a feature with the eBay labels that uh, I had not heard of before. Maybe you're familiar. Um, when you go to print a label, it, like if your printer's broken, you can uh, now, I think, on the eBay site, download a QR code to your phone, and you can take your item to the post office uh, or actually it's not available in the post office just yet, but it will be very soon. But you can go to FedEx, I think, or UPS and show them the QR code on your phone and they will print off a label and put it on the package and you're good to go. <laughs> so they were debating the, uh, how useful this feature is. Like if your printer was broken, you could still ship or, uh, one person claimed that they uh, weren't at home, but they had an expensive item. They took it with them, and if it's sold, then they could take it to the post office and sell it. So it, it is kind of a feature. Uh, you can try it. There there may be a use for it. I just thought I'd pass it along. Thanks. I've seen that on the shipping page. There's like this little QR code thingy where you can – I thought it said you could bring it to the post office, but maybe I just skimmed over it. Um, also, like there are a lot of people who don't have printers. I mean, if you're an actual seller on eBay, you better get a printer. But a lot of times we'll, we'll hear that excuse when people are returning something. I don't have a printer, so I can't print out the label. Mm. Well – they kind of solved that where you're like, just take the QR code. On yeah. Your phone. We talked about this on the forum several weeks ago and some people were like, this is a dumb idea. Like, why? <laughs> like if you're going to the post office, why even bring a QR code? Like when well, just... it's cheaper on eBay. Right? And so I guess that's it. You know, there are some people like I've seen these guys at auctions. They're like older. They're, they like know how to buy certain items, yeah. so I can tell that they do sell stuff, and they might sell online, but they don't know about computers or something. <laughs> yeah, right. And so they probably take it to the post office. So this is like 
them still being able to go to the post office but get the eBay prices. Right. I guess for me, I'm like, but if they don't know about computers... How are they going to know about a QR code on their phone? How are they going to know about... But I don't know. Exactly. I guess, uh, you know, it's, small victories, right? It's an in-between, it's sort of an in-between yeah. thing. I don't know. I guess they'll see if people use it or not. Yeah. Hi, Jay and Ryan. It's Crystal from Central Texas, Jules Bijou Vintage. And, of course, I just want to let you know I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to your podcast, Day in the Life of You Guys. Um, a couple of things on the eBay invoice um, that we get now with the managed payments. Uh, that is your store fee plus the promoted listings ad fees for the month minus the previous month's ad fees. And, of course, eBay's term is promoted listings credit. Um, and the automatic send offers. To use this feature, you have to send offers one at a time. You can't do it all in a row. But that's how that appears to work on my end. I also have a question about uh, your favorite handheld tape dispenser. It looks like you're using a duck brand. I have a U-line dispenser that I really don't like. So I'd be appreciative to hear what it is that you like, um, Ryan. And also, what is the name of the kosher salt that you mentioned in episode 483? Um, I'm interested in looking at that. And also, meal times. That is one of the most uh problematic areas I say it's working all day and then deciding what to eat at night. So I know y'all used to talk about the food you cooked, so I'd be interested to hearing how you guys handle that and what you all are cooking on a weekly basis. It's very, very helpful. Anyway, thank you so very much for all the work that you do and I love hearing about your life and hopefully when this is all calmed down I can get over to Larray and see you guys. Anyway, y'all have a great day. Thanks. Bye. That is the sweetest voicemail. It made me okay. feel so much better on this day I'm having. <laughs> we have some things to say about this. So okay. let's talk about our first thing. Okay. So, yes, uh, manage payments. You're seeing your fees there and credits and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and then the send offers thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is funny that eBay had this thing where you can just say automatically send offers to people on these items. But it's only if you send offers one by one, which I never do. Uh, I send them in bulk like several times a day. So I'm like, that doesn't really help me. Um, There are some things that I will send offers one by one, like bigger, more expensive items where I'm like, yes, I automatically always want this to have an offer. So... But I can't, you know, when I wake up in the morning and they're like, you have 35 offers to send. Well, I can't send them one by one. Like, that's crazy. So I don't know. I hope they are changing that soon. Um, my handheld tape dispenser, I think it's Scotch brand. I mm. Yeah, it's a Scotch brand. Um, I probably just got it at a yard sale. Like, yeah. I don't. I think most people would hate my dispenser. It's It's broken. It works for me, like the way I use it is fine, but yeah, it's yeah. just like a generic um, tape dispenser. Uh, kosher salt, this is like, we're really covering all out here. Kosher salt, I just buy it at Walmart. It's a yeah. box from Morton. Yeah. You know, the girl uh, with the umbrella on It's the basically thing. kind of like flaked salt. Yeah, it's and like coarse salt. I thought it was kind of dumb, like Orion has this, <laughs> See, I don't know, it's like a measuring cup with like... Like salt. salt. I'm just like, why? Just like use a salt dispenser. But I will say, 
I have learned to love it because actually being able to just take a pinch yeah. and put the salt where you uh, want yeah. it, I have more salt control. Well, the other thing uh, too is uh, we live in a very humid state in right. the summer and we don't have air conditioning in our house. So if you have a salt shaker, I mean, all that salt gets completely yeah. clogged in the thing. So I need to be able to just like pull it out of a little bowl, right. little tiny finger bowl. Right. So I like that better. And then just things we eat. Look, we we kind of stopped talking about it because we kind of eat the same we, thing. I literally eat the same thing every yeah. single day, like two meals a day, Yeah, uh, depending on the week. We cook a lot of chicken. <laughs> I just made chicken soup and then We make a lot pot. of sandwiches. Yeah, a lot of chicken products, whether it be soup or stir fry or just big pieces of chicken we have the air fryer we're about to air fry some chicken thighs yeah they're delicious i cook a rice because i eat rice and beans yeah and so uh yeah i mean we we went to costco the other day and got what are they called beyond burgers yes i keep i want to call them infinity burgers those are delicious like these these those burgers where they kind of crack the code where it tastes like a hamburger like it's not like a veggie patty that a lot of us have been eating for a long time they're yeah. like they've like made they're it so good where the texture and the mouthfeel they're good it's yeah that was a treat um yeah so nothing nothing fancy definitely instant pot and air fryer going on yep. that's like the convenience factor for like you said when you're working all day you're yep. like yeah, throw this in the air fryer. And we normally make enough food to feed us for three, few days. two or three days or more. So, like yeah. this soup, I made this big thing of chicken soup, and like that's I'm gonna eat that for like the whole week yeah. probably. I'm not gonna eat any of it. I I'm not sharing it with you. <laughs> Put some kosher salt in there. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to say uh, we are now roasting our own coffee. If you would like to buy some, you can go to broadporchcoffee.com. And order. Yeah. And uh, again, our partners have been very uh, kind of, they're always like, who are all these people? <laughs> all over the country. <laughs> like before they've just been selling coffee, mainly uh, locally. So any yeah. things that came Mostly through, in Virginia. They either knew the person, it was a family friend or was from like their town. So they could right. kind of tell. I mean, now they're like, people are buying from like Hawaii, California, Illinois, yes. like it's all these so people. Great. So, and we have. Appreciate it, too, helping our new little small business. Yeah, we love to pack and ship yep. fresh coffee. And what is your favorite coffee right now? Um, I think uh, Phil's going to hate me for this, Southern Split. Yep. We've been selling so – we sold out the other week. We were like, oh, we can't even fulfill orders because we sold it. Because it's so good. It's a it's, blend. It's a blend, and it's kind of like our most coffee coffee where it just tastes yep. like smooth and kind of You can of drink it black. You can drink yeah. it with cream. You can make right. an espresso out of it. You can do whatever. Yeah. So that's why I like it because I like to be able to make whatever I so feel So if like. you're someone that you know hasn't really had a whole lot of specialty coffee, you know that's a kind of like yeah. – it's the, the like drug of choice. The, yeah, like, I really, drug. I actually need to get some this week when we roast because we're running out. So. If so. if you like specialty coffee and are yes. into like trying different coffees, the Burundi look. We think the bright, Burundi floral sweet. sweet. Yeah, it's it's like honey. It's yeah. It's such a special coffee. Yeah. I think you should try it if uh, you want to get a little fancy light roast. Yeah, it's yep. it's it's a real good one. Yep. So check it out, broadporchcoffee.com. Okay. And this podcast is ending in three, two, one. Bye. Bye.